Hey, I'm Kim Forrester and welcome to Eudaimonia, the podcast that is all about flourishing. More than just the mundane or pleasure and pain, Eudaimonia calls for us to create a good life. It's about fulfillment, inspiration, joy. So plug in, relax and get ready for the goodness as we explore the characteristics and daily practices that can help you, your loved ones and your community flourish. We all, every single one of us, have an inherent need to belong somewhere, to be accepted, to find our tribe. However, in this need to be part of a community, how much of ourselves are we asked to give up? Is conforming to the crowd really good for us? Jack DeLosa is one of Australia's leading business thought leaders. He's host of the Sky Business series Entrepreneurs and the founder and CEO of The Entourage, Australia's largest entrepreneurial education institution. Jack is the author of two highly acclaimed best-selling books, Unprofessional and Unwritten, and he hosts the incredibly popular Jack DeLosa podcast. I'm connecting with Jack today to talk about the power of nonconformity and to discuss why, if we want an inspired life, we must learn to reject the pressures of normality and carve our own path forward. Jack, it's an absolute delight to have you here with us today. How are you down there in Sydney? Kim, I am fantastic. Thank you for such a kind introduction. And uh, I must say it is absolutely blissful to connect with you once again. You've made an entire career, some would even say an entire brand, out of being unconventional and breaking the rules. Now, in our modern society, we can sort of find many examples of people, say Lady Gaga, for instance, who have mm. got, gone out of their way to be different, um, out of a sense of wanting to be seen. It seems to be a marketing ploy. Is this the kind of nonconformity you encourage? Are you looking for us to just sort of stand up from the crowd and get more eyeballs on us? Or is there a deeper, more personal reason why we should choose to be different? That's right. Yeah, no, that's not the kind of conformity that I would encourage anybody to pursue. By that, I mean anybody to pursue in terms of being different for different sake to attract eyeballs. I think that's a very dangerous game and one that uh, you really, really don't want to play. You're kind of gambling with yourself and your identity and your sense of self and your image and your reputation and your credibility. Don't go there. Uh, I think Lady Gaga is a really good example. Gaga is not trying to be different for marketing. Gaga is different. She is a hugely independent thinker. She's wired differently to most human beings. She's incredibly talented and good at what she does. She has a very firm stance on a lot of things that matter a lot. Uh, she put in a hell of a lot of work for many, many years before she ever became famous, quote unquote. And she, she's an exceptional human being who has a high degree of self-awareness, who is unapologetically herself. Um, and she's got a huge level of self-belief, which gives her permission or license in herself to be herself. And so for me, unconventionality or, or lack of uniformity is not about trying to be different. It's about getting in tune with who am I? What am I here to do? Who am I here 
to be. If I was to look at some images of some people from history, who do I admire? Why do I admire them? What are the character traits I admire? What did they achieve that I admire? If I could uh, develop into anybody and anything, who would I want to develop into? And you and you go about crafting and developing yourself consciously. I mean, we all do that anyway. It's just that most people do it unconsciously. Um, and therefore, you kind of end up in 10, 20, 30, 40 years being somebody that's a result of living on autopilot for decades, as opposed to consciously choosing who you are, who you want to be in, and what mark you want to leave. And so I think that's the position I come from. And if asking yourself those questions and wrestling with them for months or years or decades means that you end up being somebody uh, that's vastly different to the general population, then having the courage and the bravery, as does Lady Gaga, to own that and be okay with that and even turn that up. And so don't go in search of unconventionality. Go in search of yourself. Go in search of a process by which you develop yourself. And if that means that you're different, which it absolutely will, um, then celebrate that. Your response there actually brought up something really powerful, Jack, because Lady Gaga's message is incredibly authentic and powerful. And what you've just shown me there is that if we choose to be outrageously different because that's what we're expressing from the inside, look at the judgments mm. that we're getting from others around us. Mm. Um, if you choose to be outrageously unique, are we setting ourselves up for being labelled as an attention whore? And do you think that that's something that people carry around with them and that's why they hesitate to actually become unique? A hundred percent. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in anybody sort of using, you know, your attention-seeking as a criticism. And so I, I can't really speak on that. But for me, that's never been a thing. I haven't seen it be a factor for, for other people I know with profile. But what you do do is you absolutely set yourself up for criticism. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the criticism will be you're an attention seeker, but the criticism will be you're a vegan and you shouldn't be a vegan or you're not a vegan and you should be a vegan or you tell people that they should go out and start businesses, but they shouldn't or you tell people that they shouldn't start businesses, but they should or you tell people to eat keto, but they shouldn't, or you tell people to eat this diet and you're wrong. Or, you know, Michelle Bridges is a fantastic example here in Australia. You know, Michelle is just such an exceptional human being. I mean, you have coffee with this lady and you walk away feeling 10 foot tall. She is, she is really something else. It's like she's come here from a different place. And, you know, Michelle has helped, like I get sort of emotional just thinking about what she's achieved. She's helped Australians lose millions and millions and millions of kilos. She has been on a fight against obesity for as long as anybody can remember, and she has absolutely succeeded, perhaps to a greater degree than any other Australian that has ever lived. And if you look at a lot of the, the media attention that is focused towards Michelle, a lot of it's negative. You know, it's, mm. it's she's telling people to do squats and they shouldn't do squats. I'm making that up. It's a hypothetical example. But but there's all this negative attention. You know, the other thing that to sort of continue on the example of Michelle a little bit is she was fit enough and fortunate enough to fall pregnant with her current child when she was, let's say, beyond the age bracket where most people would be having children. And one of the things that she said in response to that when asked was, well, I've always looked after myself and I've trained well and I've eaten well and 
I think that's contributed to my ability to, to be fertile and, and, and have a baby, you know, outside of the, the usual kind of age bracket that most people would expect. And she was absolutely crucified for saying that because it offended some people who thought that, well, then you're implying that if I can't have children at that at that a certain age, then is it because I haven't looked after myself and is that my fault and all this? And, and that wasn't what she was saying. She was just kind of giving an honest remark as to why she thinks she was able to do it at a later age than what most people could. She's absolutely crucified for it. So in being different, particularly if you want to be different and have profile, you absolutely open yourself up to a lot of criticism. And so resilience becomes incredibly important. But I do think resilience is a muscle. You know, like if you go back eight years ago, for example, you know, if we got here at the entourage, like like someone had come to an event and they weren't completely satisfied and they said so on Facebook, it would throw me. Like it would seriously, I'd be like, oh, my mm. God, is this going to get out? Is it going to spread? It's going to spread like wildfire. Is this the end? You know? <laughs> like, like really from one not positive, not even negative, just a comment that wasn't positive, you know, you'd go into this downward spiral of doom and gloom. Whereas today, you know, I started on Trojan 2010, it's now 2018, you know, I've had articles written about me, I've had books written about me, I've had teams of people cluster together to launch campaigns against <laughs> me and the entourage. I've had it all. And, oh, my God. And, and I'm a bit battered and bruised. But I suppose the point is today, just not, not just about anything because I'm, I'm obviously very, very human, but... It would take a lot to knock me off centre today, whereas eight years ago it didn't. It didn't take a lot at all. And so so when I say it requires resilience, what I don't mean is you feel 10 foot tall and you feel invisible and you feel – that's not what I mean. I mean just be prepared that as you as you grow as a person, you will attract more criticism and view that as an invitation to firstly question yourself and objectively look at yourself and ask yourself the hard question. And and once you have done that based on your own views and your own beliefs of yourself, strengthen your own resolve, uh, don't weaken it. Well, I've actually done a whole previous podcast on resilience, which is an incredibly powerful element of an inspired life. But what mm. you were talking about there, I think it's important for people to understand is that there is a prevalence, there is an abundance of what you call OPRs out there in the world, other people's yeah. rules. How do you believe we are entrapped by other people's rules? And more importantly, why do you think it's necessary for us to resist them? Yeah, it's a great question. So I talk about OPRs, other people's rules, being, you know, growing up, we're exposed to, not and, and once we're grown up, but, but I suppose we're obviously more impressionable at a younger age, uh, we're, we're constantly exposed to other people's beliefs and other people's values and other people's rules. And, you know, some of them might be money doesn't grow on trees, money's hard to make, it takes money to make money, good things come to those who wait. Uh, don't be too opinionated. Make sure you're always really, really humble to the point. And obviously, humility mm. is a fantastic trait. But I think that we run the risk often of people being understated and actually dimming their own light <laughs> in pursuit of false modesty yes. um, for the sake of fitting in with other people's rules. Um, and so there's all these other people's, you know, um, like 
achieving a huge level of success is for other people. You know, we don't do that in this family. We we work hard and we, you know, come to work for me at the fruit shop when you've grown up, son, and that's that's your lot in life. You know, that's just dad's other that's dad's OPR, you know. And so psychology calls this social constructionism, which which essentially says we don't make our beliefs, our beliefs make us. Mm. And so talking about OPRs is is an invitation for one to uh, really, truly, like do this. Once you've even pressed pause on this podcast right now or once you've finished this podcast, write a list of the beliefs that shape your life. Write a list of the beliefs you have about yourself. Write a list of the beliefs you have about the world. Write a list of the beliefs you have about money. Write a list of the beliefs you have about health and fitness in your own life. And then look at the lists and ask yourself, how many of these opinions and views and rules or principles are my own? Mm. Or how many of them have I unconsciously inherited from other people along the journey? And just because you've inherited them doesn't mean they're bad but it just means that they need to be examined by you consciously before you continue to inherit them. What I heard you say before, Jack, is that you used to resist other people's rules and you were criticised for it and therefore you used to fall apart emotionally, but you've become better at resisting other people's rules and the consequences that come with it. I was always good at resisting other people's rules. It was just I needed to develop the resilience to help uh, face the consequences that came with it. Okay, I understand. So you're saying, though, to the listeners that it might be harsh in the beginning when you first say, no, I'm not going to conform in that way, and then they get the criticism, and that can feel like your world is falling apart. But what I heard you say before is that it, that is a muscle that you can train, and it can become right. easier to be yourself in the face of opposition. Exactly right. It's a muscle. Being yourself is a muscle, right? Uh, Knowing what you believe is a muscle. My firm view around life is that everything is a skill, right? And so uh, self-awareness is a skill. Uh, Standing up for oneself is a skill. Being assertive is a skill. uh, Developing and achieving meaningful goals for yourself is a skill. Blocking out societal expectations and questioning OPRs is a skill. Harvard have been producing research since the 1880s. It's the longest-running research paper in known history, proving that happiness is a skill, no different to playing the violin. And so, you know, we're talking about unconventionality and tapping into yourself and living according to your own rule book. Just start. And like any other skill, you know, if you were to pick up the piano tomorrow and start playing, would you play like Mozart? No, you would suck. I would suck. You know, anybody playing for the first time would suck. And so just recognize that you'll suck at first and if you stick with it long enough, you'll get really, really good at it to a point where you'll get to a point soon enough where you won't be able to imagine living life any other way. But Jack, if we're all living by our own rules, then some people might say that we're undermining the very fabric of society. How does society work if everybody's just doing whatever it is that they choose to do without any consequence or without any thought of other people? What would your response be to that? Oh, yeah. So no. So my message is certainly not do what you want to do with no regard for other people. That's 
that's almost the opposite of my message, and I'll explain why, and it might take me a few minutes, so bear with me, but I think this is really important because it's a common misconception. So I'm not saying do what you want all the time with no consideration for yourself or others. I'm kind of saying the opposite. I'm saying determine who you want to be. Determine what kind of life you want to create. Determine what kind of responsibilities you want to take on and determine what kind of mark you want to leave on the world. Mm-hmm. And mark you want to leave on the world doesn't mean you're going to create the next Facebook. It could be, you know what, I want to be a good father. Right. I, I want to be a good mother. And so determine all of that and then live in service of that, right? I think when talking about unconventionality and doing your own thing and all of that sort of stuff, there's a huge misinterpretation and misconception of freedom. Mm. Okay, and I just want to spend a minute on this. Most people think freedom is the ability to pursue my emotional whims on any given moment. And so if I'm feeling tired one day, I'm going to stay in bed and I want someone to feed me grapes and um, I want to watch TV all day and I'm going to order the pizza and I'm not going to do any work and I will go out when I want to and, you know, what, I'll have a bottle of wine as well. And, you know, I'm exaggerating, but that would be the example of I'm free to do whatever I want and indulge all of my emotional whims. That's inauthentic freedom, and the pursuit of that freedom will diminish your authentic freedom considerably. Mm. Freedom is not the freedom to indulge in one's emotional whims. It's freedom to assume the, and adopt the level of responsibility that I need to in order to build myself, build my life, and contribute to others and the planet at large uh, the way I choose to. And so I think we need to rethink freedom. It's not about doing what you want. It's about choosing consciously who you want to be and therefore choosing consciously what responsibility you want to develop. So that's the first thing. It's not about just doing what you want. It's, it's kind of the opposite. The second thing is it, it certainly should not be to the disregard of anybody else. You know, my sort of basic integrity check is three steps. Is it good for me? Is it good for the planet? Is it good for others? And if it's not good for one of those three stakeholders, then it doesn't happen. Jack, what you just brought up there is the vision, mission, and values that you talk about. So you talk about this in business, but we can do this in life as well. Is that right? We can build our vision, our mission, and our values on which to make the choices on a day-to-day basis in our lives. Yeah, 100%. So vision is essentially create a vision for your life. You know, if you were to go out five to ten years from now, how do you want your life to be? And and this is so fundamental, yet it's something um, that too, too many of us just never engage in consciously to the degree that we should. Um, you know, if you've got a business, you'll plan your five, ten-year vision, you'll have a three-year strategy, you might have a 12-month operational plan, you'll have quarterly focuses, you'll have monthly targets, you'll have weekly to-dos, daily to-dos in order to achieve your monthly targets, your quarterly focuses, your 12-month operational plan, your three-year strategy, and your <laughs> ultimate vision. And so we, we tend to put more planning into our business or if, you, if you're in a career, then your career. Everybody has finances, so, you, so your financial planning. We tend to put more planning into those things than we do our life yeah. and like who do I want to be and <laughs> what kind of life do I want to have, you know, more broadly. And so what I encourage people to do is think about your life, think about um, – your overall life vision, think about the vision you hold for your character, think about the vision you hold for your spirituality or religion, think about the vision you hold for your um, 
family life. Think about the vision you hold for uh, your romantic life, including sex life. Think about the vision you hold for your health and fitness. Think about the vision you hold for your career, your finances. Literally go through every area of your life and go in 2023 or 2028, five or 10 years from now, whatever works for you, um, what is the vision I hold for every area of my life and every area of myself? Who do I want to be? So that's vision. And then if I talk about values, values is like, what are the things that need to be present or you need to be doing in order for you to be happy? And so my top three values, uh, number one is, I call it spiritual connectedness. I'm sure your audience, knowing you as well as I do, <laughs> would probably know exactly what I mean by that. For me, that means connected to self, connected to source, connected to others. You yeah. know, if I'm, if I'm living in that space, I feel like uh, I'm really centered, I'm really grounded, and I'm living in unison with the, the, the flow of life, if you like. Yeah. Uh, second would be love. I want to have an inner state of being of love. Uh, and be surrounded by love and have loving relationships. And then third would be growth, growth for self and others. You know, I want to be progressing and I want to be building businesses that are helping others progress and so on and so forth. And so I know that if if I'm feeling spiritually connected, I have love within and love around and I and the people around me are growing, I'm like so happy. And so vision is like what is it you're creating and who is it you're creating and then values are What's my personal uh, kind of rule book? Uh, the, and it will change and evolve as I do, and that's fine. But, but what are the key factors I need in my life to be happy along the journey, right? Because that's the point. And so if we can adopt both of them to ourselves and to our lives, I think it sets us up for having a lot more meaning and a lot more enrichment in our day-to-day life. As so often happens in this podcast, the conversation always seems to come back to who we're being as opposed to what we're doing. And and what you just described there is once again about bringing it back to who we are in any chosen moment or who we wish to be in any chosen moment. And it doesn't matter what our activities or actions are at the time. It's who we are bringing onto this planet. And it seems to me that being unconventional doesn't necessarily have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be overly uh, obvious. It could be as simple as choosing that you don't want to have a beer every Friday night and you can go and have a, a Sprite or a Coke instead. Do you feel that we can be different in small, minuscule, intimate ways and have the same sort of power of unconventionality than those such as yourself or Lady Gaga? Absolutely. Thank you for putting me in, in the same <laughs> sentence as Gaga, which is totally undeserved. But um, yeah, so yes, yes, you can. I would encourage people to uh, put away with any judgments of scale. So is this a big change? Is this a small change? Is this a big life? Is this a small life? It's completely irrelevant. One mm. of the things I talk about is it's not about breadth, it's about depth, meaning when I say create a vision for your life, don't think, okay, well, Musk is putting people on Mars. Maybe I'll, I'll put people on Jupiter. It's like, <laughs> Musk yeah. is doing that because from the age of four, he's been obsessed with intergalactic, sorry, interplanetary travel. Yeah. You know, he's doing that not because he wants to have a big vision. He's doing that because it's true to who he is. And so when I say create a vision for your life, it seriously might be I want to be a great mother or a great father. Uh, I want to have a family of, you know, two kids. Uh, I want to live in a beautiful home. I don't care how large the house is. Uh, I want to have a career and a job that I enjoy. 
and I really like administrative tasks, so I want to be a receptionist, I want to work three or four days a week, and I want to maximize the time I spend with my family. Like, that's a vision. Like, that's a really compelling vision. And so when I say don't worry about breadth but about depth, what I mean is don't worry about how far-reaching it is or how grandiose it is. That's Mm. OPRs. That's looking Ah. at Mark Zuckerberg on the cover of a magazine going, okay, this is who society celebrates from a media perspective at least. Therefore, I should want to achieve that. No, that's just other people's rules and other people's bullshit. It's got nothing to do with what's true for you. And so when I say it is about depth, what I mean is how deeply does this vision resonate with you? Yeah. Because if you say I want to get people to Jupiter and it's just because of the OPR that people celebrate Musk doing that and it's just to get a what you know, like it's just to be more significant than the next guy, it's not going to matter to you at all. And so it's a really sort of inauthentic vision to create. So think depth. How deeply important is this to me? Now, Jack, you mentioned before that you have always been able to resist OPRs in your life. That hasn't been the problem for you. But many of my listeners will probably be unconsciously choosing constantly to Mm. try and fit in, to try and be normal without even being aware that they're doing so. So how has being unconventional enhanced your experience of life? What do you think your life would have looked like if you had resisted the urge to be unique, to be authentic? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good question. I'm, I think I'm lucky in that if I was living a traditional life, I wouldn't be interested in being here. Like for me, it's like that equals worse than death. You know, to, to live a life where I'm not connected to self, I don't have any dream of the future, uh, I'm doing something because everybody else does, you know, everybody else works at KVMG, so I'm going to go and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just so unpalatable for me that, that, I, that I can't imagine doing it. The word you kept using before was depth, and it seems to me, knowing you as I do, that being unconventional, which actually means being authentic, has allowed you to live a deeper life. And I experienced this as well, so I know this to be true. Do you feel that those who are not allowing themselves to be themselves are living a shallower form of life? Absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing, living a life, you know, I was being interviewed on stage a little while ago by one of my best friends, and he said, Jack, you know, you talk about, you know, develop a purpose for your life and then it becomes easier. And it's like, that's, I've never said that. I don't think that. Being somebody with a vision and being somebody with values and knowing what you think and being opinionated and, and consciously building your life is harder, right? It is harder, but it's just so much more meaningful and so much more enriching. And so, like, if you're looking for easy and you're just looking to tread water in your years that you're going to spend on planet Earth this time around, and uh, and you're just looking for the path of least resistance, then yeah, you know, be be unconscious and 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 do what everyone else does, and don't question too many things. But because that is easier. But if you're looking for challenge, if you're looking for growth, if you're looking for excitement, if you're looking for enrichment, if you're looking for love, if you're looking for adventure, if you're looking for true deep satisfaction, then you need to be conscious, and you need to be building life consciously. Um, And that reminds me of what you just brought up earlier in that there are listeners here who authentically are rather conventional. 
and are not yeah. ne- are not necessarily uh, way out there, even when yes. they're being authentic. But what you're yes. saying is choose those things, choose adventure, choose yes. newness, choose challenge, but you can do it in small ways. That's the thing. Yeah, and thank you. I was going to say that before. So, you know, let's say the traditional path is go to school, go to university, get a job at a corporate, work my way up, have two and a third children at the age of 32, buy the house, the white picket fence, retire on my super, you know, and go into retirement. Like, let's say that's the traditional path. If one is sitting at home and thinking, hmm, who do I want to be? And what do I want to do? And what do I want to create? And if, and if through self-examination, they determine that they want to go to university, they want to join a corporate, they want to work their way up, they want to uh, start having children at the age of 31, they want to have two and a third children, they want to work a job, they want to retire at 60 on their super and go into retirement. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Mm. They're doing, they're following the traditional path in inverted commas but they're not following it because that's what they were led to believe they should do. They're following it because they examined themselves, they examined their life, and they consciously chose a path. Now, they, they're choosing a path that a lot of other people are walking. Who cares? It's not about how unique you are or how independent you are. It's is your life examined or is it unconscious? I think it was Socrates that said, the the unexamined life is not worth living. That's kind yes. of what I was saying before in terms of I'd just rather not be here. Like, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And so that doesn't mean opt out of life. That means just start examining yourself and your life and build it consciously. And if that resembles what everybody else does, awesome. At least you've chosen it. I love that. Now, Jack, I've got one final question for you. It's something I ask all of my guests. Can you suggest a morning reminder for my listeners. So this could be a daily practice or a mantra, an affirmation, something that can help my listeners become more unconventional, more authentic on a daily basis. What I encourage, so I'm one of the things I'm doing right now, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, I'll probably do it over the next couple of weeks is I'm writing out something that I'm going to read every morning when I wake up as a reminder of, who I'm choosing to be, the path I'm choosing to walk, what I'm choosing to create. Because I think that's really important. You know, when you choose to be somebody, you need to consciously choose that. And almost every day, you know, to come back to Michelle Bridget, she says, you know, success is a daily renewable contract, meaning, wow. you know, if you, if you want to be somebody that's aware of conscious, like you wake up every day and you need to decide it. And, you know, occasionally you'll wake up on a Sunday and you go, you know what, today I'm just going to lie on the couch to watch TV. And so occasionally you have, you know, you'll, you'll check out for times of rest and that's the stuff that's cool. But, you know, it's a daily renewable contract. I'm essentially writing a manifesto that I'm hoping will fit on one page that I will read every morning that will remind me and reaffirm for me who I am and who I'm becoming. And so I'd encourage um, your listeners to do that. That sounds amazing. Jack DeLosa, how do people get a hold of you? I know you have two amazing books. They are unprofessional and unwritten, and they are available on Amazon, I would imagine. Yes, they're uh, available on Amazon. Um, Also, check me out on Instagram. It's just Jack DeLosa, D-E-L-O-S-A, and our website is the-entourage.com.au, so T-H-E-entourage.com.au. 
It is a pleasure as always to connect with you, Jack. Thank you so much for spending your time here on the Eudaimonia podcast. Loved it. Thanks for having me, Kim. Appreciate that. Albert Einstein once said, great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. The mediocre mind is incapable of understanding the man who refuses to bow blindly to conventional prejudices and chooses instead to express his opinions courageously and honestly. You have been listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a truly flourishing life, please subscribe and check out eudaimoniapod.com for more inspiring episodes. I'm Kim Forrester. Until next time, be well, be kind to yourself, and be uniquely unconventional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.